Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is Paul Arnold, your host once again, and I have the privilege to call some men, men of character, men who work hard for a living, men who are willing to talk to me on the phone on a Tuesday night and talk sports. And first up is Ernest Watts down in Rockingham, North Carolina. And Ernest, some people know Rockingham because of the Speedway. Did you go to that Speedway often to races or not much? A mutual friend of ours who has left us, Craven, used to get me tickets to take the kids. I'm not a race fan. Uh-huh. I've never had been that big, but my two sons were big Dale Hart, Dale Earnhardt senior fans. Uh-huh. So, uh, the, I would take them to watch him race and they enjoyed it. And my wife worked security for about 10 years at the race. Oh, wow. And, and she got to know some of the drivers and she loved Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon was always extremely nice to her. Uh, Dale Senior, not exactly. He was more intense. But you know, the the track is left. We're in a situation similar to uh, North Wilkesboro, in which the, in the process of nationalizing the sport, they've kind of lost the the uh, old old smaller tracks. Yeah, the track's still there, but they're not mm-hmm. using it for much. Yeah, a lot of grass. A lot of they actually the. Uh, Eastern side uh, stands are gone. Ooh. They were moved to a drag strip in Charlotte. The people that purchased mm. uh, uh, the racetrack on Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, and they moved it there, and they used those stands for the, the brand-new drag strip they have there. So, now. folks, we're already going into our southern style of sports because not only do we have Ernest Watts, <laughs> but we have Travis Greer, from North Carolina as mm-hmm. well. And the dangerous thing is both these guys work together during the weekday. So I'm counting on you, Travis, to give us some dirt on Ernest. There's so yeah, much dirt, yeah. so much dirt he can tell you. Well, we could start a new podcast series uh, called Dirt on Ernest for sure. Can you go <laughs> R on these things or is it going to be PG-13? No, 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 no I don't want to okay. click the explicit um, option okay. to, to this right. podcast. We're trying to keep it clean. We're godly men. At least that's what we try each day. And I appreciate those compliments. It's good to hear the check got to you this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, All right. but things are going pretty good down here in southeast of North Carolina. This uh, I kind of reside more of a touristy area during the summer months. And so the tourists have kind of all evacuated and most of us here are reclaiming our our, our territory, reclaiming the beach and so forth. So it's nice. Having a little bit slower paced in the fall down here in southeastern yeah. North Carolina. So no more red Jeeps on yep. the beach watching them wash out to shore? That was that was hilarious, but not funny. That If, you, if you've not caught it, just take a Google of the, the, the Jeep and Hurricane Dorian down in there, down what North Myrtle Beach, I believe it was. Yeah. But yeah. The, the funniest one that got, got to me was when the guy was out there with the Scottish bagpipes uh, doing amazing grace <laughs> uh, to the Jeep. It, it was hilarious. So we, that kept us entertained as far as at work when I worked with the uh, emergency operations. That kind of kept us entertained with the constant new memes around yes. this, this Jeep being swallowed up on the beach. Yep. Well, as a Baptist mm-hmm. minister, if it moves, you baptize it. If it doesn't, you do a funeral for it in Amazing Grace. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to get to some sports, and Ernest is going to take us away on college football, which we had a, a surprisingly good weekend when the matchups, I didn't think, were going to be too strong to start with. 
So, Ernest, what did you like about the football this week? It, amazingly how, again, it, 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 you never think you're going to have close games, but you do. I mean, my heels pulled through once again. Got to get a, a push for those. But, it's it, again, you get into conference season, you think there's such a separation. But I think there's some great games for week seven. And that's what we're looking at. And and start off the Red River rivalry. And I lived in Texas and Louisiana for a while, so I'm very familiar with that. This game is always played in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. And it's the highlight of the Texas State Fair. It's number six, Oklahoma versus number 11, Texas. And, Paul, we'll start off with you. Uh, it looks like Jalen Hurts is going to be the third Heisman Trophy winner in <laughs> Oklahoma. Who you got in this battle for supremacy in the Big 12. I think Texas looks good. I mean, they've had some quality wins. I don't think they're quite there yet to keep up offensively with Oklahoma. And um, that's an amazing game every year. And Lincoln Riley, I just can't believe he's still in college. I mean, his offensive mindset. I mean, every year I'm sure the NFL has come a-calling. Do you know how long his contract's for, if that really matters anymore, Ernest? I think he signed like a 10-year contract, but, you know, what a contract. Coaches get out of contracts all the time. I mean, the hardest thing to say, a pro or in any sport, the length of the contract depends on how popular you are and what the owner thinks, or in this case, the the Board of Regents for a college. Let me throw out a hot take then. Do you think that uh, Jerry Jones is just licking his chops, waiting to see if good old redhead down in Dallas can pull up the Cowboys or if he's got a backup plan with Lincoln Riley? I don't know. I mean, I just don't think Riley would go there. Riley's got it pretty much set. I don't don't see the. I mean, he's a college coach. He's always been a college coach. He comes out of that that Texas Tech system, which is pretty much dominating so, so many coaches from that these days. That I don't think he's going to leave. Travis, who have you got in this matchup between Texas and Oklahoma? Hey, I am winging it tonight. I tell you, I'm no expert like you, Ernest, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma because they have an awesome wide receiver. Uh, he's uh, become a great standout this year, being their their deep threat. And his last name is pretty awesome, Rambo. That's pretty cool. He uh, he was a redshirt sophomore wide receiver. His name's Charleston Rambo. That's pretty cool. So, with not knowing too much background, and I can't name all those names like you guys name, but. I think that's pretty cool. Well, Go Sam, Oklahoma. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm a completed Oklahoma. Sam Angler has, has done a fairly decent job at Texas, but their defensive line, uh, only two of them have double-digit pressures on the quarterback, Malcolm Roach and, and Joseph Assay. I just think this Texas team, it may be next year, but not this year, and I think this will be why I think Oklahoma's going to go undefeated till they get to the Final Four. Now, this next matchup, guys, I'm going to make time to watch. It's an 8 o'clock game on Saturday night, and that's uh, two teams of very different perspectives. Number seven, Florida, and number five, LSU. And Travis, I'm going to go to you also. you got that great defense of Florida. Their, bat, their starting quarterback never started a high school game. Kyle Trask, a little bit of trivia for you. He was behind uh, two guys who started in college football, and he wanted to transfer. And his mother said, no, education means more than anything else. And he was recruited on the word of one of the other quarterbacks for Florida. Now he's starting for the number seven team in the nation. And LSU's 
great offense and Joe Burrow. Uh, this is this is a classic matchup. Who you got? LSU hosting Florida. Uh, I've heard a lot about LSU. They got a deep history of, of being a, a great uh, night game team, a great stadium, a lot of good atmosphere. So I'm going to go with LSU. That's, that should be a good matchup. I believe I should maybe catch that one per your suggestion, Ernest, uh, with it being at 8 o'clock and after getting my daily chores done uh, here, here on Saturday, catching up on the, the honey-do list. So LSU's my, my pick. You know, Paul, Travis is right. I mean, there's no better atmosphere than night games. They've had yes. her, uh, earthquake readings in some of the games for LSU. <laughs> and they put the big old mascot, which is a live Bengal tiger, right next to the, the door where the visiting team yeah. comes through. Right. Uh, I'm more interested. Well, I agree. LSU, I think, is going to win this game. But I'm interested. Travis, what is your worst chore on a Saturday? And Ernest, is your wife used to not you not paying attention to her on a Saturday night? We'll start with Travis. Travis, what's your worst <laughs> chore? Hey, a, a typical Saturday looks like for me currently right now is, is fall football season. We, I'm in Pee Wee football there supporting my son. This is his first year playing. And as far as a new a new dad, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm st- still considering myself a new dad. And Ernest has given me tips as we work along. In oh, oh, my. Sports. Oh, my. Travis, yeah. I need to pray for you, man. My liability insurance. He had straight up yeah uh, uh good times though i mean ernest and i working together we could spend half the morning catching up on life and sports then we maybe sometimes finally get to work but um uh yeah yeah being, he's gave me a lot of tips with raising two boys himself and you know this is my first year kind of uh, facilitating and encouraging my son to you know uh, get through sports and learn and uh stuff like you know fighting your feelings you know sometimes you don't feel like going to practice yeah he's he's young seven but uh that's what my saturdays look like so far then it's kind of coming home and just doing stuff catching up from things i can't get done during the week one thing that kicked my butt uh, a couple weeks ago is we we did our fall clean on the house we try to do that once a year get a good good deep clean on the house inside and out and i was up and down on the ladder pressure washing the house so that was that's was my, what my Saturday looked like last week. So then I was trying to uh, kind of get in. And when all these great football games like LSU and uh, Florida, it's like 8 o'clock, I'm give out. I'm getting me a big old bowl of ice cream, and I try to catch up on those type of games. Hey. So that's, that's what my Saturday looks like. You're a man's man. I like that. <laughs> ice cream after football with your son. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Ernest, mm-hmm. Wanda's giving yeah, up Let me you. answer your question. My wife is used to me not listening to her on Saturday night. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I heard the Catholic yeah, Church has her up for sainthood too, right? Yes, yes. It'd be the Protestant to have uh, sainthood accrued to her in that respect. Okay. I got to go with you. You just better. You just better be careful with Wanda's security background and uh, she oh, keeps yeah. security going while you while she locks down the man cave. I'm sure there's a <laughs> secret passcode to your man cave or something. She'll wrap me with While that big old sport. flashlight. That big old flashlight they work in security. She'll wrap me with that. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, I got this. Is gonna sound boring. I'm gonna go with y'all. I think LSU. I think LSU is a legitimate threat to Alabama. That brings up our next game. Number one, Alabama. Actually, they're number one in one poll. Ohio State is in number one in the USA Today poll. I guess number twenty-four, Texas A&M. They're at College Station. 
that's the middle of nowhere. And, and the great Justin Malabuque, who's the defensive lineman for Alabama. Paul, who you got? Well, uh, Crimson you know, Tide or the Aggies of Texas A&M? The Aggies, I underappreciated them growing up as they're famous for known as like the extra 12th man. The crowd goes crazy. And I also read recently that they have made, like they're in the top five of programs that make money every year. And they're way out there in what, Lubbock, Texas? Is that where they're at? College Station. College Station, excuse me. Oh, that's right. Baylor that's, is in Lubbock. All right. So no, Baylor's in Waco. Uh, Texas Tech is in Lubbock. I Texas have, Tech, yeah, yeah. Got to get our Texas right. Hey, small towns in Texas—they so, all look alike. I used to live there. I think Alabama. I think this is a good test, and I don't think Saban will uh, not. I think he'll have them ready. And um, you know, if, is it a night game too, Ernest? It is actually a three thirty CBS oh. game. All right, then I pick Alabama. <laughs> Are they? There's <laughs> another night game. They might be able to sneak it through if Alabama's looking too far ahead. But if it's a day game and they're in the rhythm, I think Alabama's got this, but not by a lot. I think they have it by two touchdowns. You know, Saban's always smart. He has bye weeks before games against teams that are ranked. He's always been able to pull that off. All right, Travis, who you got? The Aggies or the Crimson Tide from Tuscaloosa? Uh, I'm going to go out on a Tuscaloosa. I'm going to go out on a limb there. I'm, I'm going to call an upset. I don't know, just, just for the heck of it. Uh, I, I'd like to see an upset. They're three and two as far as uh, Texan A&M. I, would, I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I'm just going to call it upset. Uh, Alabama has Tennessee next week, I see. I just going to, I think they just got an easy road ahead of them. They're kind of, they're kind of in the middle of the season and they're kind of, uh, I think they for maybe foresee they got an easy road ahead of them. They got uh, another easy Arkansas week at nine and uh, so forth. So I'm going to call an upset. So y'all can kind of give me some praise next week when y'all have your podcast. So okay, I'll mark it down. <laughs> Travis, okay, calls. all right, mark that down. He has the guts <laughs> to call it when I wimped out. Okay, good for you, Travis, man. Okay, in the words of Luke of uh, Coach Lee Corso, not so fast. Uh, Crimson Tide, you know, I just feel like uh, they're not anything to worry about to LSU. I like, you know, their offensive line is a little weak. I like two, of course, at quarterback. They have the best set of wide receivers in college football. I think they'll roll. I think they'll win by three touchdowns. I saw AM play against Clemson, and they didn't exactly impress me in that respect. So now let's go to Paul's neck of the woods. Well, not really. It's a couple states over. But Big Ten action, and we've got Michigan State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin number eight. I got people in Wisconsin, so I got to be careful here in respect. <laughs> I love heads. Wisconsin. Cheese I love Curds. the offensive line play, the Kurds, the Cheeseheads. I love it. All right, uh, Travis, who you got between the Badgers, who are at home against the Spartans, who suffered a pretty brutal loss against Ohio State last week? What was that score last week that they suffered, Ernest? Do you uh, remember? They lost, but was it three touchdowns, Paul, to Ohio State? It was yeah. more than that. Yeah. Uh, 34 to 10. And yeah, that's, uh, yeah, they're going to be pretty much banged up from last week, facing Ohio State. I, I think uh, the old Wisconsin cheese, cheese guys are going to win. Yes, sir. 
Paul, you're our big No more comments on that. Yeah, I think this is an obvious one. Wisconsin is for real. Um, the playing at home. Michigan State, you know, D'Antonio is their coach. He used to be an assistant at Ohio State. Then he went to Cincinnati, had a real good team there, and then Michigan State hired him. And I think he always hoped that he would go back to Ohio State. But when they gave it to Urban Meyer instead of him, even though Urban Meyer had the credentials, I think Dan Tony still thought in the back of his mind he would get a shot. And when he didn't, I think he always has you know a chip on his shoulder about not getting a chance. He's done a great job at Michigan State. But this year, instead of hiring some new coaches, he just reshuffled all his college, all his football coaches, put them in different positions. Like he had a, a band of six guys and say, okay, now you're the offensive coordinator. Now you're the defensive coordinator. Like they're equally talented or they just needed a fresh look, and it's just really not working. He used to be able to coach up three-star athletes and make them into more like five and once in a while pull these big upsets. But he's lost a little bit. I don't know what's going on there except for Michigan State's not what they used to be. I think it won't be as bad as when Michigan lost Wisconsin, but I think that Wisconsin will win by at least 17. Yeah, I, I watched most of that game last week, and Daryl Stewart Jr. is a wide receiver for Michigan State. I just thought they were wasting his talents. I mean, Lorinke is, is not impressive as a quarterback. I love Taylor to tell back for Wisconsin. I love a linebacker they got by the name of Zach Braun. Uh, they always, you know, they just always have great linebackers, offensive line, and running backs at Wisconsin. It's just almost a consistent thing. It's kind of okay. like linebackers in Alabama. Who's the greatest player ever to play at Wisconsin, Ernest? You're, you're Mr. History. Is it Ron <sighs> Dane? Is it Joe Thomas? Um, is it uh, Russell Wilson? Well, yeah, it's hard to count Wilson because he only played one year because he transferred after three years at NC State. A lot of people don't know the story that the coach at NC State, uh, Russell Wilson, was playing minor league baseball in the summer. And the coach at that time made him said, you know, you either got to come to spring practice, you got to give up minor league baseball. At that time, Russell Wilson thought he would be more apt to play that because he's relatively short. He's not really six feet tall. He didn't think he was a pro prospect. So he graduated early. Uh, he finished school in three years and went to Wisconsin and won a Rose bowl. And I don't know. I mean, he went there, but I don't really consider him uh, a right. Taylor might be when he gets done. I mean, if he gets a Heisman, uh, there've been so many, I mean, Wisconsin never has five star athletes. They recruit in the state of Wisconsin, Altoon. I'll say Altoon. Altoon was wide receiver with the Jets, and except for concussions, probably would have been a Hall of Famer. Mm. I know that's a reach, but I'll say Altoon. I think for straight college hmm. player, you got to pick Ron Dane. He dominated in college, although he didn't do great in the pros. He just ran up the middle. Hmm. He was like a slow Herschel Walker. He had the size and the power but he wasn't exactly burner speed. So that's my idea. But you got so many running backs. Yeah. Go ahead, Ernest. I mean, you got so many running backs that he really, you look at the long history of him, he doesn't really stand out that much. All right, Travis, your pick. Mm. Badgers or Spartans? I think I've already picked the Wisconsin. Oh, you did? I'm uh, sorry. Badgers. 
That's Sonality. Sonality kicks. I got so excited about remembering Al Toon. I'm sorry. That threw me off. But All right. I, next game. Next game. All right. We'll go on to the next game. Sorry, gentlemen. It's it's Wisconsin football. I go on to Looney another Tunes, direction. Ernest. Right it's Al Toon. Is that what you're saying? Al Toon, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll look him up. I mean, look at the YouTube. I remember him. I just story. wanted to give a razz about Looney Tunes. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. There, there's right. another wild name, Wild Goose, number five on Wisconsin. Oh they yeah, crazy names on Wisconsin. Wild uh, Goose. Carolina has yeah. one called uh, uh, something Duck. Wilding Duck mm. is a defensive back. He's a freshman. I mean, they do that. They pull up, you know, early in the season. All the guys on the rosters. All right, let's go to mm. an old battle, Paul, and and something's going to be on again nighttime TV to compete with, and that's a rivalry that actually goes back to 1921. And that's the Trojans of Southern Cal visiting. And I wonder who Nate's going to be pulling for. Number nine, Notre Dame. And Southern Cal's up to the third quarterback so far. This this used to be a battle used to end the regular season because Notre Dame always takes their last games usually on the West Coast because they play a national schedule. But it's, it's kind of lost its luster with Southern Cal's not the Southern Cal they were in the first part of this century. And who could forget the Bush push? Yeah, Reggie Bush pushing Matt Leinart over uh, the goal line uh, when against Notre right. Dame. You're going to make me do it, aren't you? I am so sick of watching Fox analysts on TV for college football. You have Reggie Bush sitting there. Yeah, who how, how many he was a great athlete but didn't quite do everything he could have in the pros and then how much did his family get to play at USC? Then you have Matt Leinart who I don't know. Just hard. He never materialized as a pro. Then you have Urban Meyer right next to him, and I'm just like, ah, I can't watch this as a Michigan fan. All three of them just disgust me. They beat Michigan so much. It's like watching your worst enemy smirking on TV. And Urban Meyer's a great analyst, but when he gets done, he looks at the TV like, hey, my next job's USC, and I'll be there soaking in the race. Just watch me. In the meantime, he's. I hear he's at Ohio State helping the coaches, and he even said this current Ohio State team is like one of the most talented he's ever seen. So he's sort of behind the scenes helping a team that really doesn't need it. All right, saying all that, um, I think Notre Dame will wipe out USC, no questions. This is probably Mm -hmm. the point that I should not tell Paul that the newest announcer for Fox NFL broadcast, they signed Gronk today. Yay, Gronk. I love Gronk. He'll probably be the first time a first-time broadcaster will be broadcasting from a hot tub with a couple of bikini models. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to say at least. Have you ever seen when Shaq, he jumped on Shaq's shoulders at a a concert? It's hilarious. And he still looks yeah, small. Everyone looks that. small next to Gron- uh, Shaq makes everyone look small. I mean, that's just the nature of it. All right. With that in mind, uh, we've got to get to Travis's pick, Notre Dame and USC. Yeah. In short, I'm going to support Nate on this one, Notre Dame all the way based on just the rankings and being at night and so forth. But uh, speaking of Gronk, like you said, Ernest, there, I, I think the Gronks, they just keep reinventing themselves. So we're not going to get rid of them. And I was actually enjoying uh, the Shark Tank the other day, and and uh, it was an old season episode, but up popped the Gronk Brothers, and uh, the Gronk Brothers were pitching some kind of product. His his uh, I think younger brother was pitching. I don't remember what it is, but then the Gronk you can't get rid of them. 
they keep reinventing themselves. <laughs> so that's yeah. interesting. So there, there are. There are, yeah. there are America's version of what was the, the three brothers, Paul and Slapshot? A handsome brothers. Yeah, they're the, they're the American brothers. they're the American Hanson brothers. So that's why they're Ernest likes brothers. me. I finished mm. the trivia he can't quite remember. So Well, I was setting you up. I'm oh. trying to be a I'm trying to be a husband. Oh, sorry. He's, oh, he's making you look good. I'm trying to make you look oh. good. That's what a good assist man does. I'm pitching dimes. Oh, here. sure, I'm, sure, sure. I'm throwing dimes like a point guard. All right, right, our last game we're going to pick, we're going to go to Travis first, and that'll be the Nittany Lions, Penn State on the road against Iowa, who took it on the chin. Uh, And they had a loss this week. Of course, Penn State has K.J. Hamler, fine running back, and a pretty good defensive line. Iowa, Nate Stanley has been there for 18 years. He's I think he's on an 18-year scholarship at quarterback for Iowa. So, Travis, who you got? The Hawkeyes. And the Nittany Lions. Uh, it's going to be a close matchup given their their standings right now. But uh, I'm just going to go keep it short and let you guys give the background. I'm going to go with Iowa because they got some pretty awesome uniforms for sure. They stole it from the Steelers. They stole their uniforms. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. And Paul Stanley, black and yellow. Nate Stanley has been there 18 years. I mean, this is, have you ever noticed there's certain ball players, college? football and college basketball it seemed like they're there forever they never graduate Chris Winky remember him yeah well Winky did he was bald already he had that bald head pattern and he had played minor league baseball for the Blue Jays right so and then he came back there yeah but Perry Ellis with Kansas basketball team Mm -hmm. who looked 45 when he graduated it seemed like Perry Ellis played at Kansas for 16 years there's nothing wrong with being mm-hmm. modern. It's, you know, some people well, no, just get a early, saying, you know. There's certain I mean, I guess we're we're anesthetized because good athletes tend to leave in college football they leave after three years and in college basketball they leave after a year. That when guys last that long, you're like, Man, are they ever gonna graduate? Are they ever gonna leave? Travis, you had a comment. I, I assume you have hair, I guess, right? We don't, but you who I do have, I have hair, like Yes, over the past few years, I've tried to grow more of a hair. I got a pretty thick head of hair for sure, still. But um, what do they call it? The widow's peak? Is that a, sort of like you know where the receding hairline goes on the sides? I don't like. I, yeah, not I wouldn't use that on the very public. top. I have a widow's peak. You know, yeah. it's more well, like well, a manly V or something. Let me refute. Yeah, maybe refute something like Paul that. here. Let me refute Paul. I have hair on my chest, on my back, on my legs. I know. I, I came up in another generation. I have that Sean Conley look. Now you, know, you have hair. That, None of it goes north of your chin anymore. That's all. That's true. But see, like, you know, Burt Reynolds, Sean Connery, who in my lifetime hey, were the two sexiest men around. I don't think. It, were hairy guys. And I'm a hairy guy. I don't think if, if you get confused mm. for wearing a sweater when you're not out by the pool, I don't think that's a sexy thing, man. That was a sign of virility in the 60s. What can I say? I'll. And I was in that generation in the early 2000s as a young, handsome, bulky teenager when it was all about shaving the chest. And uh, I did it a few times, and I wished I never had started. And I don't do it anymore. Good for you, Travis. I wish somebody would have told me, once you start shaving, the hair grows back twofold, correct? 
And it just keeps spreading. No, yeah, that's not that's that's quite not true. That's, if that was true, we'd be shaving our heads. No, that, that, <laughs> thing, that, that doesn't work. When I was a kid, when you're, you know, when you're small, when you're 14, 13 years old and you're dying to get a beard or get facial hair, you know, you got that see-through mustache in your upper lip. Uh, that's Kids you use and, a pencil on your lip. Is that what you did? Oh yeah. Well, I had the Ricky, I had the, uh, Cesar Romero uh, <laughs> look. All right, that's and, our first uh, old skewing yeah, reference. Yeah, the original this. Joker. Oh, so to wow. Speak. Yes. And uh, the, the story that kids used to tell themselves would if you put mustard on your face and you went to bed, <laughs> you'd grow hair the next day. It's so <laughs> dumb. It really, it's like that copper fit stuff that came out about, about 10 years ago. Uh, the copper, and hopefully they're not sponsored. What do you mean? But, it doesn't work? No, it does. There's no way you that mean my deer metal... muscles don't work either. No, no, no. It, and that little thing you're gonna you tell me, Bigfoot in... is not real as well. Uh, well, if you include my foot size, maybe that's Bigfoot. But no, no. And I'm Billy sorry. Bass was a real bass. No, and and you haven't picked between Iowa. Okay, and... all right, all right. I thought Travis had a sports point there for a second. We just were over talking him. But anyways, I'll yeah. tell you. Oh, you do have a sports point, Travis. No, no, go ahead. Okay. No, no. All right. So Michigan just played Iowa, so I'm fully informed on Iowa. Michigan held their running attack to one yard for the whole game. Um, but Iowa has this really big, strong, like a Ben Roethlisberger quarterback who I think playing at home in Iowa makes all the difference. And Iowa rarely loses two games in a row. And Penn State just hasn't played anybody yet. And – Penn State, James Franklin, I just have a hard time really liking that guy. I don't know why. I don't know if he's too self-promoting. That's really the kettle calling itself black. Jim Harbaugh does it all the time, too. But anyways, I'm going to call Iowa as a rebound game and win a closer, really close game by three over Penn State. You know, I'm not really – I've got to go with Penn State. I've not really been – I'm Stanley just, again, uh, they don't have a lot of offensive tools there. And then you've got the controversy with Penn state, which came out today. And those of you who don't know that there's an athlete by the name of Jonathan Sutherland and Franklin got this very, very controversial letter. That this so-called supporter of Penn state was talking about how the young man has dreads he is a scholar athlete. He's won awards. I mean, he is on a roll. And this so-called supporter talked about, oh, I can't follow football if you're going to have athletes with dreads. Very elitist letter. And Franklin stood up for his ball player and said, you don't know him. You're making judgments because of an outward appearance. And you don't understand young people dress and what's important to them is, is very important. And it's a cultural thing. And Franklin, of course, is African-American also. And I, I was impressed. I also think Himmler is an underrated uh, running back. And so I'm, I'm going to pick Penn State. I'm going to differ with Paul in that respect, even though he's our Big Ten expert. Uh, that, that's my pick on it. Now, now we shall transition to the National Football League. And Paul will take the lead on on what's going on there, even though me and Travis are feeling very good about our three – and the second best athlete in football won Christian McCaffrey. All right, so let's call this the tale of two cities here because it's an old book. Look it up. Anyways, you have Atlanta and Carolina. 
And I think most people thought that Atlanta was going to have a rebound year. You have Matty Ice Ryan playing quarterback. The defense is going to get better. You have Julio Jones. And yet they are tanking while Carolina loses um, their quarterback, and they got a backup, and they're rolling. So, Travis, how do you explain this tale of two cities? I, I call it the curse of the money, uh, the money ball. I kind of tie it back to maybe was it two years ago, almost two seasons ago, when Matt Ryan ultimately got this the largest NFL quarterback contract, I believe it was big money. But then somebody trumped him and got a more bigger contract. I think it's the money ball that's just. Uh, it's probably not the one thing you can point to, but just it's a one thing. It's a tough division, and it just um, that's that's my take on it, you know. And and the Panthers are just uh, keep pounding and and keep working with what they got. They always give us a heart attack every Sunday, Ernest, as you can testify. We never no blowouts, no blowouts. There's never a blowout. There's always that threat of, uh, you know, if Luke Keekley on Sunday would have tried to catch that uh, that last Hail Mary pass, if he would actually try to catch it, what if he would have tipped it in the air and they would have caught a touchdown and tied it? It's always that that heart beating, pounding with with the Panthers. But uh, I, Paul, to your point, I think it's the money. I think it's the money. It's the curse of that. Show me the money, huh? Yeah, uh, Ernest, yeah. can you explain this? This seemingly strange showing up for the beginning of the season for both these teams. Well, I'll start off with the Falcons and, and the coach, Dan Quinn. It seems like he was a defensive coordinator with Seattle and their draft picks, their trades defensively, they either have injuries or guys are just not coming to the same level in that respect. They lost a uh, Coleman, one of the running backs. He was a free agent. He signed with the 49ers and I also think that loss in the Super Bowl two years ago still haunts them. You know, a team, they'll lose a game, and it's almost like, here we go again. They had a three-touchdown lead in the third quarter. They had a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And I just don't – they've not had a winning record since that game. You know, usually they have a flip-flop between seasons because – you get the easier schedule after you have a down schedule, but but, but they just so the collapse has in the to go. Quarter. I'm I'm afraid that they need a, a changeover. And defensively, I, again, he's he's a defensive specialist. They've always been a shoot it out team. They've never had a, and they've got some great. Vic Beasley is an All Pro defensive end. Well, I hear there's they've a Gruden available nice to coach. Yeah, yeah. There's always <laughs> a Gruden available to coach. <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's again, they're scoring. They're having leads in the fourth quarter. It's just defensively they can't stop it. Anymore. Now, for the yeah. Panthers, for the Panthers, now, it is my rare pleasure to watch two of the most enjoyable athletes every week as a Panthers fan. I, uh, here's I, again, the bromance. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Express I mean, your love for Keekly and Macbeth. I mean, it's just, he plays hard all the time. He he is he is smart. He is a diagnostician. He's able to you see him see plays ahead of time. He positions his players. Now, in in full uh, honesty here, I wanted Leonard Fournette when the Panthers were drafting two years ago, and, 
And uh, that was who I wanted. And and up until this last year, he hasn't done anything. I was worried. I'd seen McCaffrey play quite a bit. I watched Stanford. I watch a lot of Pac-12 games. And I watch <laughs> Pac-10 games for Nate's sake. But uh, I, I had questions about his durability. And when you see him up close physically, yeah, he's, on, he's not six feet tall. But he is wide. I mean, he is strong. And it's just, and the real credit goes to the offensive line coach for the Panthers because they're always Mm -hmm. putting guys in there. And they, you know, you looked in, Reggie Bohannon came in when he, when uh, uh, McCaffrey was injured. What does Bohannon do? He runs for 70 yards on four carries. Here's a kid who was the backup quarterback at Louisville. And he was kind of like one of those gadget players. He played wide receiver, running back, and quarterback for Louisville. And he just fit in. Now, we, we've got a revenge game in jolly old England coming up. And that brings up mm-hmm. a question, gentlemen. I've heard this over and over again. People keep saying, in 10 years, there'll be an NFL franchise in London. I don't think so. No, no. Yeah, here's what yeah, I've I already made a good case and point for that. Yeah, yeah I, I think here's what they're going to do. They've already said they're going to 17 games. If they schedule eight games, they got four every year in England as it is. If they schedule four more with different teams, that's the equivalent of a home record, eight home games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you get the same thing without a team that has to stay in London and transport itself. Now, the big rumor is they're going to buy the Falcons training camp Swanee. Falcons are going to try and find something downtown, and the NFL is going to try and purchase that for a potential. But now, if you bring in a London team, you got to bring in another team because that's Odd numbers, mm. but I think they're going to expand to 17 and you're going to see eight games in London, but eight games with 16 different teams. I don't think you'll see a London team per se. What do you think, Travis? Hmm. Travis made a good case point in the past about that Ernest, And, uh, it would just be interesting to see that. I think y'all said last week, you know, that, you know, 10 years from now, the NCAA would be no, no longer in existence. And it's just, it's intriguing to think what, what the sports world will be like in the next coming years with the NFL. I'm more of an NFL. I can speak to more of that, but it would be interesting to see, like you said, maybe if they did consider that, you know, they would have to add one more team. What if they had two uh, teams over there in Europe, that would be interesting. That'd yeah, and if they added another team besides London, I think Texas, maybe San Antonio, is not the worst place to go, just because Texas supports everything football. But let me—I'm curious on the NFL. Mm-hmm. Let's go off to a different tangent here. You know, we all like talking mm-hmm. about teams, but quarterbacks are the prime mm-hmm. position, right? And a lot of young guys are getting a chance right now. So if you consider this year's rookie class, last year's the any quarterbacks been drafted the last three years. Which one of those quarterbacks would you want in your team that you would trade for if they could get them? I'm talking Mayfield. I'm talking Allen. I'm talking Allen. I'm talking Mahomes. Mahomes. Okay, that's an easy one then. Let's besides Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now now you're making it hard. Well, it, Mahomes <laughs> was too easy. I forgot about. I thought Mahomes had been around four or five years. No, no, he's. This is his third year. I thought he sat he a year on the bench though. He played Alex the last Smith. game. He 
played the last game of the year, his rookie year. Oh. Last year was the second year, and uh, this is his third. This is the beginning of his third year. All right. Besides, hey, rem- remind me, Ernest, and you speak on your point, Paul. What's the uh, Jaguars quarterback, Mateus? What is, remind me, what? what Garden Mishu the second. Me, Minshew the second. Minshew the second. I think he's got some talent. He's got some talent. I think you know he's going to develop into a good quarterback as far as kind of the rookie, the rookies past three years. Yeah, you got you got two Washington State quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now. Garden Minshew the second, who actually started at ECU. Do and you know the other? He player? doesn't shave his chest. No, no, he no. wears he wears jorts. <laughs> Seriously, in public. Jorts. For those of you outside the southeast, that's blue jeans that you. Cut off to make shorts. Poor man's dockers. Ernest, uh, I'm, I got some trash on you. I can just picture you, for some reason, Ernest Watts, mowing your lawn in shorts <laughs> yes. uh, on, on a Saturday afternoon. I cannot deny <laughs> this. I, I, on, on, uh, on advice of counsel, I will plead the Fifth Amendment on this. I have seen it. But, okay. and don't look for do, long, right? Back in the day, driving. yeah. But now, who is who's the other uh, Washington State quarterback now starting in the NFL? Mm, beats me. I don't know either. L- you Luke should know Falk, Luke Falk of the New York Jets. Wow. Mm. So it's the bedrock of mm. quarterbacks coming from. Washington State because it's Mike Leach. Leach. Yeah, Leach. Mike Leach. Yeah, that's Leach's program. Right now, you've got, you've had in uh, the first six weeks of the season, you've had more starting quarterbacks than since 1950. You've had more quarterbacks yeah. under the age of Where did you get that five. stat? Did you find that in Sports Illustrated? No, I actually heard it during one of the broadcasts <laughs> this year. All uh, right, you've had all right. more yeah, quarterbacks. resources. Yeah, you have more quarterbacks <laughs> under the age of 25 since 1950. Wow. And that the reason why we say 1950 was that's when you had the merger between the NFL and the All-American Football Conference. All right, so Ernest. It kind of beats me. My opinion, like we've had a plague of injuries with quarterbacks this year, and it appears like we've been trying to make the game safer mm, for quarterbacks based point. on calling penalties and, and so forth. But are we – are we making them softer where they're more prone to injuries or are we what I don't know what's going on there and it's just the plague of the injuries this year with quarterbacks. Uh, so. bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. And look at the look at the poor old Steelers. They're down to Delvin Hodges, the immortal Delvin Hodges <laughs> as their quarterback from Samford. Now, gentlemen, Paul will know this. Where is Samford College located? <laughs> Samford, uh, Alabama. Yes, and the most famous quarterback to come out of Sanford College. Oh my gosh, I don't remember, man. She's, uh, I don't know, Otto Graham or something. Bobby Bowden. <laughs> Bobby Bowden. Yes, Bobby it's a good Bowden. Baptist college, and they usually do all right in basketball for their division. So they're not known for being yeah. football powerhouse. But if you're in Alabama, it's it's going to be out all right. So, but Ernest, what about these young quarterbacks besides Mahomes? Which one would you want in Carolina? Are you going to stick with your guy right now, or would you want somebody else? We may be deciding that fairly soon, decisions about quarterback, but that's that's another story in that respect. Uh, Boy, I mean, even though he had a bad game, uh, Lamar Jackson, I just Uh, think he's mm. 
dimensional. I don't think he can pass good enough in the NFL. I think once I defenses have found him out, they're shutting down the lanes and he can't progress his routes fast enough. Okay, let's go with the Texans quarterback then. Oh, Deshaun Watson is the real deal. The question is, can he stay healthy? Well, that's every quarterback. Well, I mean, I know, the, the I fact know. that we've had more injuries in the first six weeks is but, it, yeah. It, Travis it, makes the point that is it just faster defensive players that's causing it, or the speed of the game? Um, I really see that all the time. Some of the defensive linemen now are scary fast, and I feel bad for any offensive line trying to protect. And it seems like the first four weeks, NFL officials were throwing tons of flags. And it seemed this last week they they backed off a little bit. I don't know if it's just my imagination. Ernest, do you have any stats on scheme. that? Huh? Well, it's it's the offensive scheme. Because in the old days, mm-hmm. you'd keep in a, a tight end or you keep in a running back or you keep in two running backs to block. And now because of the mm-hmm. spread offenses, you're putting four wide receivers out there. That means you haven't got a tight end. Or if you got a tight end, he's a receiving tight end and he's spread out wide. So he's not blocking. So you essentially have five guys to block five on five hat on hat. It only takes one guy to break through. And if you don't have a running back or fullbacks have disappeared, Fullbacks are like uh, on-air TV or aerials for TV. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> You've got no one to block for the quarterback, and you can send in a safety or you can send in a linebacker and a blitz, and quarterbacks are going to get hit. I mean, the old days when you had the traditional fullback and running back and a tight end, you kept all three of those in. But we have, over the last 10 years more than anything else, We've gotten rid of the fullback. We've made the running back. We split him out wide. McCaffrey split out wide most of the time. So how has Brady stayed so healthy all these years? How is Belichick's system different? Well, he's one of the few teams that still keeps a fullback. He's one of the few teams that running backs learn to block. They've always played multiple mm. tight ends going back when they had Aaron Hernandez and Gronk. So they've always kept in one blocking tight end and one pass receiving tight end. And they've always had a big offensive line. Plus, most of his patterns are five or ten yards. That's another thing, Paul. You look at the Rams, and they throw deep so much. If you throw deep, then you're dropping back three seconds or more to pass. Yeah. Pass patterns that are mm-hmm. short keep quarterbacks from being hit. So it's the offensive strategy. You, you have to trade something off, and when they do that, quarterbacks are going to hit more and more. Travis, I think also mm. running quarterbacks too, because when running, yeah. wouldn't you, Travis? Wouldn't you agree that you know Cam and Prescott, these these quarterbacks that run, they don't get a Prescott and a Cam doesn't get the protection from the officials that someone who stays in the pocket like a Brady does. Mm. Uh, look, yeah, look what totally happened, agree. Look what, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Look what happened Sunday night with Mahomes. I mean, he he hurt mm-hmm. his ankle. Yeah, beat up. He got beat mm-hmm. up. He tried to run with the ball, and he gets no calls either. If you're a mobile quarterback, which which I don't know, but officials tend to make this dichotomy that if you run, you should be able to protect yourself. They get hit a lot mm-hmm. harder. I don't care if they slide, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's why you're seeing quarterbacks go now, Paul. They needed some quarterback equity training before they hired <laughs> these officials, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I heard a cool story last week, I believe it was. Brady is staying so pristine and he, in his gold years because he's still wearing the same uh, <laughs> shoulder, shoulder pads, pads as he was back in, when he was in Michigan. He said he's and had some modifications stink. to it, but that's 
That's interesting. Yes, they got this thing for sure, for sure. But I believe Brady. Brady's going to win one more Super Bowl before he's Ooh. done. I mean, their Patriots are still dominating this year, man. So I, I see them winning another one within the next two, three years before he retires for sure. Right. So count on it. I agree. I think Brady has one more Super Bowl in him, whether they win it or not. And Ernest might know this, but when they got um, Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, to come to their team, and then they released him almost right away, a lot of people wrote, oh, they didn't only spend a million dollars on him. And then some reports came out that the Patriots might be on the hook for $8 million for like a week's work of Antonio Brown. Ernest, do you know the latest on that? Well, it's gone to uh, arbitration. And basically, it all goes down. There is a principle in the all-standard NFL contracts that if a player commits, if he does not supply all the information to a, a new team, then the contract is void. So what the Patriots are saying, because of the uh, the the controversy with the supposedly uh, assault. Yeah, the trainer uh, that said he Multiple. Well, there's two. There was a painter also. That since he did not tell them about that ahead of time, that voided the contract. And his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who uh, uh, shall we say has his pitchfork and his pointed. Now he hey he 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 values his his clients and he does a good job for his clients. Is trying to claim that's not the ground, so it'll go to arbitration. Uh, and he's also claiming that the Raiders. But with the Raiders, it's pretty easy. He didn't show up for practice. He didn't show up for meetings. It's the same thing. The same thing he got in with the Steelers. So I don't I don't think that's going to – I don't – I mean, yeah, you get the right arbitrator who get the money. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's going to actually I, – I mean, yeah, there's a chance. But I, I kind of think they may settle out of court or he's not going to get that whole amount. Okay. So, guys, we're starting to come to our last three or four minutes, and I want to ask Travis a question, and then Ernest can have his final say as well. Travis and Ernest went to a preseason hockey game in Carolina, and um, mm-hmm. uh, they also went to some conference in a hotel. And so I'm just curious, can you t- give us any dirt on Ernest? Because, you know, s- some people have been contacting the podcast, the email saying, Ernest is sort of a character, and is he for real? And uh, so, Travis, you got any dirt on that hockey game or information on on Ernest, our most colorful analyst on this program? I, I, he is the most colorful analyst of the podcast. What you hear and what you don't see <laughs> is what you get. Plus. Plus, with a cherry on top, Ernest, he's a he's a great person to be around. If he, I think he could talk uh, to any stranger and spark up a conversation with him, and it's it's, it's been a blessing uh, being in, working in, in my career and getting to know him. Um, and yeah, any particular dirt right now, none comes to the top of my mind. Uh, Ernest is a great American, North Carolina man for sure, and. Um, we had a good time, and I appreciate him looking out for me. I, I was on my first day of my new job, and I couldn't get those free tickets to the Caniac Carnival. And uh, uh, he hooked he hooked us up un, unwillingly that his son uh, couldn't go, his son and daughter in law. But uh, so he invited me and my family to go, and we we enjoyed it. And I, I, I'm really enjoying this hockey season. I'm kind of getting back into it. This is like the most wonderful time of year. You have 
hockey going on, starting up. You have the MLB playoffs, football's rampant, and it's just it's a great time of year. I can't keep up with it all like I should, but uh, I'm really enjoying it, and I appreciate Ernest and you guys having me on the call for so, sure. Travis, what did Ernest eat at that uh, Carolina preseason hockey game? Do you remember? Hot dogs. He he had a pretzel. Big old he hot had a pretzel. Big old and hot my pretzel. son. I whispered to my son, Ernest, and his his uh, his gang was sitting right behind me. I said, I said, son, ask ask him. You, you think if Ernest could go out there and skate on the ice? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Ernest, that that'd be h- hilarious to see. Uh, I had my son joking and and picking on him a little bit. So, but it was good. My kids enjoyed their first uh, first ho- professional hockey game. It was good. I'd be an enforcer. I'd be an enforcer. Just drop the gloves. Mm-hmm. Let's go. That'd be me. Yeah. Ernest was right last week. That was like a regular season game. They were dropping gloves, throwing gloves, and and going at it. And uh, yeah, for sure. All right. We're definitely going to go back on Ernest sometime this year. Yeah. Four zero. Carolina Hurricanes. Four zero. First four zero start. And how many had. people in our audience really care? But hey. I will two, keep two on the podcast. So I talked two about hockey podcast. two weeks in a row. I know you. It's hard to I believe, know. even preseason hockey. Ernest, you have your last two minutes before we wrap it up. All right, I got a number here to blow your mind. Okay, we're in the playoffs, and and, and if you haven't paid attention to it much, what was going on? The Astros supposedly the favorite at the beginning. Of this well, game three, Zach Greinke started off for the Astros. They gave up three home runs. Didn't last that long. But Zach Grinke will earn more this year, $31.5 million, than the entire starting lineup of the Tampa Bay Rays make. Their entire lineup, their entire salaries are $22 million. Zach (laughs) Grinke, 31, he's just, he is $3 million under the entire payroll of the Rays. (laughs) The entire team, the Rays have the lowest payroll the lowest attendance of any major league baseball team in Kevin cash, an underrated manager who's come up with a strategy in which he starts closers. He actually uses his bullpen to go through a game and it's, he doesn't get attention because no one goes to the games, but the Rays are a great sports story. And there are a bunch of kids that they're all guys who got kicked off of other teams. They are the adult bad news bears. Nice. And it may not stay in the playoffs long, but it's a team that one of my favorite teams I always try to go when I'm Florida to catch a game. But again, it's amazing. You don't have to spend the money. You don't have to be the Yankees and Dodgers to be a successful franchise in Major League Baseball. All right. There you go. A little bit of baseball at the end. Well, thanks, guys, for being part of this Pardon the Confusion podcast for today. Uh, we're glad you're listening to us. Some people are listening on iTunes. Some people are listening on YouTube now. We're on the YouTube channel, just look up my name, Paul Arnold, and you'll find the different podcasts. And this podcast tonight definitely had a southern feel, and I liked it. It was good. So for Travis and Ernest, have a great night. Bye, y'all. <laughs>